Hey, it's Clay. Welcome to another episode here of the Money with Clay podcast. <laughs> and boy, oh boy, I don't know what took me so long to talk about this. I had a, a, a listener send it to me and say, Clay, this, this may be material for the podcast. And I said, you know what? You're absolutely correct. Maybe I was subconsciously avoiding it because it's so pathetic. It's so pathetic, yet it beautifully summarizes essentially today's society and why if you just get a plan, if you just kind of put something into motion, and it's not like the quote unquote something needs to be anything special, but just doing something that apparently just puts you so far ahead of so many other people because apparently we as humans are not capable of actually wiping our own butts without somebody coming in and needing to help us. That's essentially what I got from this is, you know what? You need somebody to help you wipe your backside because, you know, you're, it just, it's, it's just, you're not, you're not capable enough to do it on your own. And here, look, here's the research that shows you're not capable to do it on your own. And I don't have a problem with that research if it was at a hundred percent, meaning if you were to put 100 people underwater without oxygen, without a snorkel, without any way to breathe the statistics that will come back is that's 100% of people are dead because, well, people actually need oxygen, right? If you have 100 people jump out of a plane, 40,000 people or 40,000 feet above the, you know, the, the earth, then the statistics that will come back, 100 of those 100 will not survive because, well, you need to not like jump out of planes, like, right? You need a parachute. You certainly need a parachute in those scenarios. So unless statistics come back at 100%, then as far as I'm concerned, you don't need anything. There is nothing that needs to be forced upon you because, well, the majority of people, I, oh, the majority, fine. I'm not gonna argue that. But what about the people that are actually not, that are in the minority, what about them? Why, why do you have to force all this stuff all this stuff on them? So this article comes from Vox, Vox V-O-X. I, I, honestly, maybe this puts me out of the mainstream. I can't quite say I've, I've heard of this site. Maybe I should have heard of it, um, but I don't know. Regardless though, this is all coming from, so it's from the site, but the, uh, the author, this Jacob S. Hacker is uh, the Stanley Ressor, Ressor Professor of uh, political science and director of social and uh, policy studies at Yale. So there it is, Yale University. So this is still coming from here. And uh, I guess he's the author of uh, the book, The Great Risk Shift, The New Economic Insecurity and the Decline of the American Dream. Oh, here we go. The decline of, okay, Clay, okay. Listen, if, you, if, you, if you're like, oh, wow, yep, that sounds accurate. I'm telling you right now, I want to be respectful of you and save your time. You and I, we're on just different wavelengths. I believe the American dream is all full and well. I don't believe that it's necessarily easy, but I believe there are there is plenty of opportunity out there for people that want to make opportunities. So you're like, oh yeah, yeah, the, the American dream is on the decline. Like I said, I, seriously, just turn off the podcast. You're not going to like me. You're not going to, well, I don't know. I think I'm a pretty likable guy. You definitely won't like my viewpoints. I'll just leave it at that. So you probably just want to go someplace else. But 
let's hop into this article. And I don't think I'm going to read the whole thing. I really don't feel like giving myself a, a, maybe I will. We'll see. How much money do you have saved in your 401k? If you're a younger lister, a 401k is just a mechanism, is just a tool that you can use to save for retirement. Uh, It's got tax benefits to it and all that so that it allows your money to grow. It allows your employer to do company matching, meaning if uh, you you put in a dollar, maybe they'll match that with 50 cents, for example. But for simplicity's sake, it's kind of just like a, a retirement tool. It allows you to save money a little bit uh, more, a little bit more quick. So going back to this, how much money do you have saved in your 401k? In 50 years, no one will ask. Even better, no one will have to provide the usual answer. Way too little. Oh, really? Okay. Our 40-year experiment with 401ks, tax-favored investment accounts for retirement sponsored by employers will be seen as an unfortunate uh, unfortunate event, a massive waste of taxpayer dollars to bolster the retirement security of the rich while undermining the retirement security of the rest. Okay, keep in mind the, 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 the idea, the premise here of the article is that, you know, this is only for the rich and it's only, and for everybody else, it's undermining them. It's undermining them. His words, not mine to bolster the retirement security of the rich while undermining the retirement security of the rest. Added to the tax code with little foresight in 1978, section 401k cannibalized, wow, that's a strong word, cannibalized America's public-private framework of retirement security. Prior to the regulatory authorization of 401ks in the early 1980s, employers couldn't legally provide tax-favored vehicles for retirement savings in which workers themselves controlled and directed. Instead, the pension plans that were the norm among medium and large firms offered by roughly four and five such employers were called defined benefit plans, basically a private form of social security where employers made most of the contributions handled investments, and paid out the benefits at retirement based on a formula that was legally binding. Today, vanishingly few private employers provide a defined benefit plan, and they're mostly legacy offerings covering older workers. If a recently hired worker has a plan at work and more than a third of workers still aren't offered a plan, it's a 401k. Three numbers and a letter spell the future of American retirement security. And that's a problem. There's a reason it turns out why employers didn't hand retirement planning off to workers. 401ks are terrible at ensuring that those who need to save for retirement do. Wait a minute. So it is the 401k's fault because it's not ensuring that people save Okay, this is getting interesting. Indeed, over the same period in which 401ks expanded, the share of working age households at risk of being financially unprepared at age 65 jumped from 31% in 1983 to more than 53% in 2010, which is nothing new, especially if you're a loyal listener. Then the It's kind of a theme that's just working itself out. But over the past few weeks, just been really talking about why you need to have a plan, the power of a plan. What can we learn from people in the future that are you know, entering into this retirement phase where they're thinking, oh, 
I, I really don't have that much, which fits into which is what, what this guy's arguing, right? He's saying that, hey, listen, this 401k thing, it's not really ensuring that people have enough, but let's keep on going. Indeed, the terribleness, I didn't know that was a word, of 401ks has helped spark a new field of behavioral economics, which showed that voluntary plans in which people manage their own investments defy everything we know about how the brain works. Uh, really? Mm, okay. Traditional pension plans force people to save and protect them against investment mistakes, market risks, and the possibility of outliving their savings. Not to mention predatory financial institutions. 401ks don't. And lo and behold, most people don't put enough in them, make serious investment errors, and fall prey to heavy fees that crush long-term returns. Worse, because 401ks can be tapped into with a penalty before retirement and are transferred to workers when they lose or change jobs, middle-class workers often use them as a rainy day fund when times are tough. Further, uh, f uh, further beggaring retirement security. All right, I, do you see what this person is doing? Where, Mr. Author, where is personal responsibility coming to play here? Why is it everybody else's fault other than these people's fault? Why is it everybody else's fault than these people's fault? Why can't you say, yeah, these people are making bad decisions. Yeah, these people are, you know, making they're making very short-sighted decisions and they're not planning for long-term, you know, long-term longevity. If all you, where is the personal responsibility? This is like, I feel like I'm on a third grade playground where, no, it's not my fault. It's blame external, you know, blame external reason why this is such a bad idea. So let me get this right. Because 401ks do not force people into savings, that means that they are bad. Well, there's other reasons. I promise you, I promise you, anybody, if they wanted to, could manage their own finances. But even if you don't, that is fine. There are plenty of financial advisors out there that you can get reviews about, that you can do your research on, who will handle your money for you. I promise you it has nothing to do with fees. Fees do make a difference, and that's why I um, personally handle my own investments because it's really not rocket science, especially with technology these day and age. But I'll concede that, hey, Clay, that's way too intimidating. That, I, I disagree, and I would argue that I can build your confidence and show you that it's actually nothing to be intimidated about, but that's okay. I'll say, all right, I understand. It is complicated. Go pay a financial advisor. And and predatory, don't even get me started. What, predatory, I assure you, predatory, what did it even say? Predatory, it's not even lending. Uh, predatory financial institutions. Give me a break. Demonizing financial, listen, the problem, <laughs> oh my goodness, the problem is people just aren't saving anything. That's the problem. It's not the fees. It's not the uh, you know the, the institutions. It's not people don't know what they're doing because again, you can just go and pay somebody to do it. The problem is people aren't being paid or aren't savings and putting money aside. And for the whole 
Well, you need to force people to do that. That is some really, really shaky ground that because some people aren't doing it, and like I said at the beginning, even if the majority of people aren't doing it, which apparently, what was that stat? So 53% right now um, are, what was it, at risk of being financially unprepared. So technically speaking, 53%. But I mean, yes, it's the majority by 3%. What about the other 47% that are financially prepared? What about them? Why are they now gonna be forced to do something? And I get it, you could say, well, they're not being forced to do anything. They're, the premise here is that that's very shaky ground because now all of a sudden, you are opening up the door to allow some sort of external force to define what you can and cannot do. I don't like that. I don't like saying, somebody using the logic of, because the majority can't do something, therefore you need to also do something. In this case, I agree. It doesn't really matter because, well, what does it matter to me? I'm already doing it, so if you're gonna force other people to do it, who really cares? Because I'm, all you're doing is forcing other people to do what I do. I understand that, but think bigger picture here. Think about what that is actually, you know, the can of worms that is actually opening up. That's some scary stuff. When you're looking at some, and again, 53%, I mean, I'd like to see more of these polls. I'll take it at face value, but who's to say that it's actually only 40%, so maybe it's not even half. But very, very gray territory, very, very sketchy territory. So let's pick back up uh, with this. Traditional pension plans force people to save. Uh, oh, I apologize, I already read that part. Granted, 401ks work well for one group, the group who needs them least. For the affluent, 401ks are lucrative ways to manage retirement investments. They also are a great way to build up an estate and delay paying taxes. Well, well yeah, that's, that's how the government, to actually pat the government a little bit on the back, the government's trying to help you out, trying to say, hey, listen, we'll let that money grow tax-free, tax-free, so that way it grows that much more. So, I mean, yeah, it is a way to delay paying taxes, but that's the whole point of it, to help you and to help your money grow that much quicker. But what's the key here? You gotta put money in. That's on you. You will get those tax benefits if you put money in. And then in parentheses it says, traditional defined benefit plans didn't become part of workers' estates like Social Security. They promised benefits for the remainder of a worker's lives pulling the risk of living longer and potentially running out of money across all those covered by the plan. Because they are subsidizing through delayed taxes, 401ks are worth the most to households in the highest tax brackets. Moreover, higher income workers are also more likely to be offered a plan to have their contributions matched by their employers and, of course, to have the financial freedom to put money in them. As a result, nearly 70% of the $190 billion in tax breaks for retirement and income security accrue to the top 20%. Once again, demonizing those people that have a plan. Call me out, am I being illogical? Is it possible that those people that have higher incomes, that those people that are being offered up a plan in the first place, is it possible that maybe they decided to learn a skill that was desirable? Is it possible that maybe those people worked really hard to, like I said, build a skill, get a skill, learn a skill that was desirable? I mean, do you think that McDonald's should offer out 401ks because you know how to flip a burger? 
Now, I don't have anything against that. If you are flipping a burger as a means to an end to open up more opportunities, then that's fine. If you are flipping a burger because you just want to flip a burger and you don't want to take advantage of anything else out there, then yeah, I, I will say I'm going to have to disagree with your life choices there. But yeah, of course people are going to offer 401ks to higher skilled people, to people that have higher incomes because, well, this is a tool to make wanting to work for you that much better. When I worked as an engineer at Honeywell, they had an awesome 401k program. They matched dollar to dollar up for like 8%. I, I can't remember what it was, but I remember I, I told my parents and then I, I was comparing my uh, you know the 401k plan at Honeywell compared to what my parents were getting at the time. They're like, oh, wow, yeah, Clay, that's really good. That's actually a, a, an impressive uh, plan. But why was Honeywell doing that? because they want to attract people. They want people to say, yeah, I'm gonna choose Honeywell over all these other companies. That's called a competitive market. And that's called, well, when you have a skill that people want, in my case, an engineering degree, well then yeah, I'm op- you're gonna open up different things for you. But I mean, this is all still just terrible logic. Yeah, they're tax deferred. Yeah, you have to have money to put in them. But well, it's a little easier to have money to put in them when you're making more money. Yeah, that's true, which is why you need to get a job. You need to do an opportunity that's going to pay you. This is nothing new for the podcast. If you're not making enough money, that's okay. That's fine. But this is what you do. You now need to figure out, okay, well, how much money do I want to make? How much money do I need to make? So in this situation, we'll apply it here. How much money do I need to make so I can actually set aside money in a 401k? Okay, you got that number? Good. Next question. What skill, what do I need to do to get that number? And there is no wrong number. If your number is, I need to make $5 million per year so I can set money aside in a 401k, I mean, I, I would love to see your budget. Where what are, where else are you spending your money? But hey, I, I, that's fine. That's cool. You, got, you need to make $5 million. Okay, well, what is gonna be required to make $5 million per year? You're probably gonna have to start a business. That business is, is gonna need to be really good at solving a, a problem out there for people. I'm not saying it can't be done, but that's what it's gonna need to take. Maybe you're saying, you know what? I need I, I need to, I wanna make $50,000 a year so I can put money aside. Okay, run, run a Google search. What sort of careers pay $50,000 a year? Now, could you go and get that right this very second? No, I'm not saying that. But my point is, could you, is there a, a, a job field out there? Is there a career field out there? Are there choices that you could make that could get you up to $50,000 a year? Yeah, absolutely. There absolutely is. Clay, I need to make $100,000 a year. Okay. Who pays $100,000 a year? What do you need to do to get $100,000 a year? Well, I, 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 I'm not, well, then you gotta, you just saying, well, I, that, that's, sorry, then bring down the number to what's happened. And I'm telling you right now, if you need to make $100,000 a year, if you need to make $75,000 a year in order to have enough money to put in a 401k, let me see your budget. Let me see your lifestyle. Let me see what kind of car you're driving. I bet you got a big old car payment, don't you? You're probably leasing a car. I bet you got the newest gadget. I bet you got fill in the blank of the newest stuff. If you're at fifty, seventy-five thousand dollars and you can't afford to put something in your 401k. That's you know, that that that's really the fact of the matter. Uh, and then if it, I don't know if I want to finish this out. It's just going to get my blood boiling that much more. I will only a couple more. To be sure, 401ks 
have served one purpose. Corporate America's eager embrace of them showed that employers can't or won't play the role they once did. What role? I'm sorry, but corporate America is not my mommy and daddy. Corporate America is not your mommy and daddy. Corporate America doesn't need to play a role to get you to save your own money, okay? They don't have that role. That role is not on them. In fact, a lot of, in, in this case, corporate America, Honeywell, that was corporate America. Corporate America is actually like, we want to help you. If you put money in, then we will match that. We will give you more free money. And that's what it essentially is. Let me say that again. If I were to just put in, I, I should have probably got the, but I have no idea where that paperwork is. But I maxed out my 401k, meaning I put in as much as possible. Why did I do that? Because if I maxed it out, that means they were going to match that, meaning free money. So why? So how is corporate America not helping out? I, I mean, they're playing a great role. They're willing to max out what I, or they're, excuse me, they're willing to, to match what I put in. But even if they didn't do that, do you see the, do you see the underlying premise here? That somehow it is corporate America's job to make sure that everybody's going to retire okay? No, it is your job to make sure that you retire okay. Not corporate America's, not the government, not your next door neighbor, not your dog trainer. It's your job. It's That's your role to play. Your role. I, I warned you. I warned you. You were not, you might not like my opinion if you think, and why am I so, you know, rigid on this? Because this is America. There are so many opportunities in this country for you to get out there and do something that will give you money to put into your 401k and save for retirement. Plenty of opportunities. Once more, I'm not saying they're necessarily going to be the most enjoyable, but there are plenty of opportunities out there. So many. And I get more and more, you know, from people I've met through my other business, from listeners here. I mean, you can just listen to interviews. There are people out there that are putting in the work. You know, I think back to McQuan from a couple weeks ago. The guy has all sorts of degrees, and right now he's going to get his CPA stuff. He's studying for that test. Why is he doing that? Because he understands, hey, listen, it's not going to be easy. Oh, you know, I, what do you mention? He studies like a couple hours every night. I can't think. But regardless, I mean, I'm not, that's not fun. Who wants to go back to school and study an hour or two every night? That's not fun. But think about the big picture. That's going to in that's going to increase the skill set. When you have an increased skill set, people want to pay you more. People want to give you additional benefits such as 401k's. So again, I'm not saying that the American dream is easy, but it is by no means on the decline. It is open to people. It is open more so than ever before. But the problem these days is technology, it's a blessing, but technology is also a curse because people just want to sit there and run their mouth on social media instead of putting down the phone and going out and doing something about it. So let's finish this out. Um, oh, but I didn't even finish that paragraph. See, this is why I can't, because every sentence now I'm having to stop. So corporate America's eager embrace of them showed that employers can't or won't play the role they once did. But we now know that individual risk management isn't a workable alternative to corporate risk pooling. Wait, and we know, you know that based on your statistics of 53%, but 
But that implies that 47% of people are like, yeah, I'm good. So because now you're going to force 47% of people, again, I realize in this case nothing changes, but think bigger picture. Because a majority has something, I'm going to use that as justification to force my will upon the other 43%, or excuse me, 47%. That is scary stuff. I will say that again. That is some very scary stuff. The uh, the obvious, oh, here we go. The obvious solution is to strengthen, oh, here we go. More government. Bring in more government. The obvious solution is a strengthened social security system. In other words, more government regulation. And fortunately, measures to boost social security benefits are back on the national agenda. Oh, here we go. More government, more regulations, more hand-holding. John Larson, uh, such and such. I'm not even gonna get into government because it's, it's across the board. A certain government party representative from my home state of Connecticut has 200 house co-sponsors for the Social Security 2100 Act, which would boost benefits and raise revenues, raise taxes, to ensure the program's solvency through, yes, 2100. Yeah, because the Social Security program is already broken because the government uses it as a little honeypot to go in there. And now, of course, that in order to boost benefits and raise revenues... Yeah, raise revenues on who? The corporations again. You know, the people that are actually giving jobs. If 401ks were necessary to get such sensible measures a second look, then they deserve our grudging respect at their funeral. And this, I'm sorry, but this is just, I mean, this is terrible. This is terrible logic. This is terrible all of the above. It's straight up the, the victim mentality. People can't do it on their own, therefore... Let the government take care of everybody because people don't want to take responsibility and set money aside. And again, well, Clay, people don't have the money. Please look at statistic. Listen to past podcasts. There is so much data out there where I have refuted that. There are so many people out there squandering money. I I don't remember the one, but there was like a money leak uh, episode where people were like, oh, I didn't realize all that money was going to this, that, and the other. And guess what this, that, and the other were? Not necessities. So when you think that, you know, maybe it's that 53% because you start to look at these other statistics, uh, that one, um, and this was several months ago now that I did this, but the one was literally like they were crazy statistics of people not being aware of where their money was being spent, not being aware of where their money's going. And I'm not dumping on Netflix here or anything, but I think one of them was like, oh, I didn't realize I spent that much on Netflix. And Netflix is not the enemy. The point is, Okay, people didn't know where some of their money was going. And some of that money that they didn't know where was they were going was going to Netflix. Netflix is not a necessity. So if people have high statistics of not knowing where their money is going and that money where there's high statistics is going towards things that are not necessities, is it logical? Is it plausible on my end that maybe the problem here isn't that people don't have enough money to put in 401ks Maybe it's just people have really poor money management skills. So maybe, just maybe part of the reform, and I said this before, and I really don't like government regulations, but this is one I could get behind. If the government was like, listen, everybody, we're gonna force you 
to learn money management. We're gonna force you to learn how to put together a budget. We're gonna force you to learn how to reverse engineer a few things, meaning, hey, if you want this, that, and the other, we're not gonna judge you on that. But you need to know the number that it's gonna take for you to get those things. Because remember, you need to put money aside. We're not gonna force you to put money aside, but we are gonna teach you a system that will allow you to put money aside. And that would be great if they used my slab money method for that. I would gladly just give that to the government for free and force people to take it. Regulate that people take it. Because if you wanna fix this country's problems, if you wanna fix uh, you know, the, the, the supposed financial collapse, you gotta arm people with knowledge. You gotta let people know how they should be doing things. And you know what? If they choose to ignore it, well, tough luck. That's on them. But please don't start forcing me. Don't start forcing my listeners. Don't start forcing people that I interact with, that I surround myself with to behave and uh, force certain things on us in certain matters. Once again, I wanna beat this dead horse here. I realize in this specific example, nothing would really change for us, okay? You're forcing others to save. I already saved, no big deal. But that is, that is scary, scary territory. And I don't like the thought process. I don't like the justification that just because some quote unquote survey, just because some quote unquote statistic has revealed that, okay, well, the majority of people have this. Now, if it's 100%, then okay, regulate it. That would be, you know, I'm all for regulation if 100% of a certain situation results in a certain outcome like I started this with. But I'm telling you, this guy is throwing out some very, very scary logic chains and logic sequences that I don't want any part of. And it's, uh, you know, his solution is just something I don't agree with. I don't believe the solution is more government. I believe that the only solution of more government would be some sort of requirement of time to get educated, time to learn money management, time to uh, learn how to save for the future. If you don't want to invest, that's fine. Here's how you choose a good financial uh, advisor. Here's the characteristics of what a financial advisor should be. But outside of that, I, I do not like more and more and more government intervention. That's scary stuff for us people that actually take personal responsibility, that actually have a plan, and that are actually disciplined. I would like to do a lot of things right now. I have no problem admitting that. But I have goals. I have certain numbers that I need to hit within my personal finances before I can do certain things. And if that means I need to wait, which right now it does mean I, I need to wait, then I'm going to have to wait because I'm looking at the big picture. And I, I would love to help you look at the big picture too if you want. Get a hold of me. Let's look at the big picture together. Let's get yourself a plan together. I want to help. I believe that the only way you can change uh, I mean, not necessarily the world, but definitely change this country is you have to arm people with knowledge because when people have knowledge, they don't need to depend on the government. And when, but when a lot of people do need to depend on the government, that just means the government gets bigger and bigger and bigger, which means more and more of our freedoms are taken away. So I believe that if you're going to change this country, if you're going to change the world, it all starts with empowering people with knowledge on how to become self-dependent, not dependent, but self-sufficient and independent on their own. That's all I have. Wow, we're at 30 minutes. I need to cut this off. I knew I shouldn't have done this one. I got so much other stuff I got to do. I was like, don't do it, Clay. You're going to rant and rave for way longer than you have time for. So I'm going to cut this one off. Uh, but yeah, we're on very, very sketchy territory, but I'm here 
it's my belief and I believe it to the core. The American dream is live and well. You just gotta be willing to put in some effort and have a plan. So get out there and get to it. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Before I go, I wanna just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating. That goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there, and I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself either in debt or just feeling like your, your personal finances are kind of out of control or could be much more efficient, then I would encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com and check out the Slab Money Method. That is the course that I put together as a former process engineer that outlined every single step, step by step by step with documentation, with forms to fill out, that'll put you on the path, the exact path I used to pay off $163,000 of debt and get myself to the point where not only am I debt free, but I am now able to build wealth and build wealth in an efficient uh, manner. So if you're curious and interested in that, again, moneywithclay.com and that is the slab money method. And no, this is not all some massive sales pitch when I say that it works, it truly does. And I back that up with more than words. My action behind those words is that course comes with a one year money back guarantee. So if you try it out and you're not making any progress, you're not seeing any progress, then I will refund you the cost of the course, which is very minimal to begin with. And then finally, make sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, just look up for Money With Clay and you will see us there. Again, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you back next episode.